Hello and welcome to the Box to Box podcast. My name is Ramzan Kamoto and I'm joined today by the whole gang. Uh, so Sopani Mchawi. Hi guys. And Nicholas Karupola. Hey guys. Yeah, so I, I forced these guys to come and work uh, during the Christmas period. Um, I said, well, we're not getting paid anyway, so uh it's, it's nothing like getting paid getting paid leave or something like that no uh everyone here is going to come and they're gonna do their best still <laughs> but yeah so uh, last week i was in i was actually in blanta with with sobani and we played at we played a bit now we met okay we met first at the game and then we played a bit there so i actually wanted to talk about this last week but then he wasn't here um so i thought hey well anyway we might as well talk about it this week since we're doing um awards anyway this week so this is a very listy a very a very list sort of episode uh we're just going to be ranking and um listing everything basically um so so bani ian you and i need to have a chat you've played a bit in blanta and you've played a bit in nilongwe which one is better <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bidin Lilongwe is larger. It's a bigger, bigger and older uh, pitch. But the one in Blanta, I think, is better. The conditions are better. Maybe it's the age again. Uh, but I think the Blanta one is actually better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I actually agree. No, the Bidin L's is trash now. Um, the nets are like so messed up. Like the ball goes out like every two minutes. And uh, even like the surface, the surface as well just hasn't been maintained to the to the level that it should be maintained at. What I was really impressed with by, uh, when we played last week is I noticed that I kept complaining that oh it's it's raining and it's gonna be so wet and I'm just gonna be slipping every two minutes, right? But it actually wasn't like that. The the um, surface soaked in the water really well, um, and it wasn't actually a very dangerous place to play. So some of the guys were even playing in boots. I think I saw Yasa. Yasa was playing in boots, and he was okay. Yeah, he was okay. So yeah, I think mm. I think I think that shows that the um, that the Blanter one is better. I used to I used to feel like the Blanter one was a bit more dangerous because the sides are not. Oh, I mean even the sides in in L's are not padded, but. Um, I just thought I just thought there was much more of an injury risk in Blanta, um, but no, uh, the Lilongwe, the Lilongwe one right now is a is a is a, is a death sentence. I'm telling you, it's not it's not a, it's not a good place to play right now. I'm on, I'm on. Yeah, let me ask you something real quick. I don't know. It's like you're talking about uh, you know surfaces and uh, the environment and stuff. Like that. It just reminds me of. Um, I don't know whether it was one time when First Eleven went to uh, was it Bambino something like that the the grass was so was so high that you had to actually like flick the ball up maybe do a keepy uppy and then pass the ball yeah <laughs> something like that yeah their ground is always terrible like... <laughs> it, it's so bad and and I was actually talking I was talking to someone today how like how difficult pitch management actually is um, a lot of people okay not a lot of people but some but some people do. Um, start up pitches, uh, whether to make money or what, just um, just for the youth to enjoy or whatever. And it's just it's really hard to maintain. You know, you do actually have to make sure that um, when that when that pitch isn't being played on, it's being watered and it's being uh, weeded and it's being like leveled all the time. 
and if, if you don't do that for a couple months a couple weeks um the pitch can actually get you know really messed up so yeah if anyone is into that business anyone thinks that they can just start a seven aside somewhere please understand that you do have to actually maintain it <laughs> yeah okay but then which is what I, which is why i wanted to criticize Berdian the longer because you know those sessions are paid for you pay and i know there's people that go there every other two days to play but like i don't know if they just chow the money but they don't use the money to maintain them bro they play every day they're people who play there every day yeah. and i understand that um some people play cricket there as well uh, so it's not even just football right they, they really do make a lot of money or at least at least uh, that's my expectation and it's not like the money is even like properly regulated i've never i've never received a receipt from bedia so i expect that there's no tax <laughs> i expect that there's no tax from there so um yeah the opportunity to make a lot of money is there uh, i don't know what happened maybe just lack of enthusiasm so please if you are enthusiastic people and you listen to this podcast please do something very very nice for us and uh build us some more indoor stadiums or some more indoor uh, courts yeah but then okay so so apart from just bedir um which environment do you think is better like in terms of football right so watching and playing football do you think that there's more of a football culture in blanta or in nilongwe i don't know how much time you spend in nilongwe i spent a lot of time in nilongwe yeah. in nilongwe ramzan i played football everywhere from shera to area 18 <laughs> <laughs> okay to okay. in area 12 I played football everywhere in in, in Longwe. Mm-hmm. And I think well generally speaking I think there's better grounds here in Blant. I uh, Okay. Yes. And I think the culture here I think Blant people are better at football than people in Longwe. Oh, uh, I could not disagree more. I could not disagree more. <laughs> I, I don't know people in Blant they can play football. I don't believe. I it. think people in Blant people in Blant play a lot of good football and from my personal experience i think the culture is better in blanta here yeah. maybe i've spent my latter stages latter uh part of my life playing football in blanta maybe that's why i'm biased but like i feel like blanta now is better than lilongwe in terms of football do you watch football like at home all the time like like league like like premier league games or do you go like watch at a bar or something like I don't know. Premier League. I watch football. I watch them at home. Okay. Okay. I watch them at home usually. Okay, cool. Now, I think well, I, what do we I, I I think the I think the football coach is is slightly better than ours. Um I can I can really get up any day of the week and go play <laughs> somewhere. It really isn't that hard. I remember I remember um when I just got in like on the third um I, I i played on on friday on the day that i came i played the next day a social and i played the social again on sunday and then i started training on tuesday um in in 25 so yeah i th- i think that the i think that the culture and even the players are better in in lilongwe but i mean again i'm extremely biased as well um yeah i haven't i haven't actually played but like okay when we compared that time uh, a few years ago we had a team we had pirate we had pirates um and you guys had what you before zampira i feel like today we could take you 
I feel like I, I looked uh, at your team. Nah, someone yeah. posted, someone posted your team um a few, I don't know, sometime some time ago. And I was looking, no, I was looking through Tandri's Instagram. I don't know why, but I was looking through his Instagram and I saw that he he had his the whole team there. And I was looking at all you guys, and I'm like, yeah, nah, we could take you. Like we could take you. I highly doubt that. I think if if the, all the people are gang, the Zambia guys are here, and we have a, a good number of games under our belt, ah, there's no way you can take us. I can't wait to actually. We don't lose, huh? Uh, yeah, but you don't you don't lose you don't lose to like not good teams. So so that's not that's not like a good uh, a good way to measure it. I can't wait till everyone actually gets back and we can actually have this game. <laughs> I wish there was some form of a league or something because it is hard to measure the success of the team uh, based off the opposition we play. Nah, there so, are leagues. But there are leagues. It's just that, like we, you know, most of us are not around for long enough to actually like play league football. So yeah, yeah, yeah no. But who's the new pirates? Nah, bro. We don't. I don't think we play anymore. I don't think we play anymore. Everyone is just dispersed. Everyone is just dispersed doing their own thing. But I'm sure if we if we call them back for you know one more round of applause, I'm pretty sure we could take you, guaranteed. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um, I doubt that. Yeah. Anyway, that was just we just wanted to have a little bit of fun there, um, without Nicholas because Nicholas is so serious, bro. So um, and I'm gonna continue. To- <laughs> I'm going to continue to talk into the next segment. And I've got, um, this week, I've got um, awards that the Box to Box is going to give out. Um, these are all my views. These are actually not even Sobani and Nicholas's views. So, um, yeah, but I will ask them what they think. So, yeah, uh, stay with us. Okay. Wait, just uh, just actually, like, one more thing to mention just before we get through. I think uh, the uh, the Flame Squad uh, from Malawi did get, uh, I think, fully announced in the past two days. If I'm not mistaken, for AFCON, that is. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to be following AFCON, you know, just for anybody that was actually asking me, actually. We're going to be following AFCON for the next few weeks and, yeah, keeping track with the progress there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, I, I did actually promise an AFCON episode, which I am getting to, um, but but we did, we had to do these um, end-of-year awards now. So I'm pretty sure the next episode, like guaranteed, is going to be about Afcon and the nice African players that I'm going to talk about um, in the next segment as well. So yeah. Okay, so for this next segment, I wanted to do um, uh, the Box to Box Awards and. Uh, these awards are going to be quite different from the Ballon d'Or typical awards of, you know, best player, best striker, XYZ, XYZ. Um, they will be a little bit more like fun and um, I guess awards that I think encompass like more football takes and give people a little bit more to actually discuss. Um, some of these are going to be like really silly, but some of these will actually be like quite serious and, you know, maybe you can have a conversation about them. So the first award that I'm going to give out um, is the Most Entertaining Player Award. And again, I could have had a ton of names for this, but I have Vinicius Jr. on here. I think Vinicius Jr. at the moment um, is the most fun player to watch. He's the player that I would implore anyone to go watch. Um, yes, apart from just take-ons and speed, he, he's actually added goals to his game now. Um, and there are a lot of things, I guess, when I'm, when I'm watching, just when I'm watching football, right? And I think to myself, how many players could actually do that? 
and Vinicius Jr. is like always there now in my in my top one, two, or three, basically. Um, so I have Vinicius Jr. as being like my most entertaining player at the moment. Uh, as an honorable mention, I think I've got Anthony, um, who plays who plays for Ajax. Um, I watched him a little bit in the Champions League as well, and he was um, really really good as well. Um, yeah, he's just you know those players that do like the bonus, they'll do like the flicks and tricks right there. They'll leave absolutely everyone. Um, and yeah, it'll just not be. I think I think in Premier in the Premier League, what we have is a lot of uh, pass and move football. And I, I don't know, just any chance to see some flair um, is always kind of appreciated. So yeah, in in my honorable as my honorable mention, I've got Anthony from Ajax, and these two I think are pretty much taking over. It's a I don't know if it's a coincidence that they're both Brazilian, but they they're taking off from where Neymar left off basically. Um, Neymar is injured right now, but Neymar is often for me the most entertaining player to watch, regardless of whether he misses a bunch of chances or um, um, doesn't score as many goals as people expect him to. But yeah, tell me what you guys think. Rosan, I'm actually very surprised you didn't mention some, some Maximan there, uh, particularly because he's actually a very entertaining player inside the Premier League. Um, I mean, if you watch Newcastle games in particular, I mean, everybody knows that whenever that guy starts moving, it's like as if you're playing FIFA with the right analog joystick, literally just him, just, you know, all the skills, um, the flair. And I think, you know, he actually gets the Newcastle fans in particular very, very excited. Um, I think, you know, the only problem with him is, is probably his end products, probably just that. But it's just very surprising you didn't, like, at least give him an uh, honorable mention because, well, Vinicius is great. And, uh, you know, pretty much like when you think about left wingers, yeah, Vinicius is probably the person that you think of since Ronaldo is getting old at the moment. But then honestly, some Max man plays very well as far as uh, their entertainment value is concerned, whereby like, you know, he can actually get you on your feet. Maybe there's some other players that maybe I'm not thinking of right now, but, you know, Rafinha. Most yeah, Rafinha, I think, yeah, that's another guy, but. I think, you know, it's the maximum for me just because, well, <laughs> it just it, it just really feels like as if all he does is skill. And then it's like, you just enjoy it. Even though maybe if you're a Newcastle fan, you probably just want to score more goals. But yeah, entertainment sake, so. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you. And th- those can easily be um, honorable mentions as well. Vinicius is very lucky that he actually scores now. Um, and I feel like that adds to him being more entertaining um but yeah i agree with i agree with both of you i'm so i don't know if i say i'm surprised but i don't know if it if it is a coincidence that the two players that you guys have chosen are from like two of the most out of form teams in the premier league uh <laughs> no, but it's not but it's not but it's not really it's not really that it's not really that i mean last season last season those two teams weren't particularly out of form and their players are still doing the same things um although rafinha has become a bit of a penalty merchant so, we're talking about individual brilliance and uh, collectively as a team, yeah, leads are in shambles. But Rafinha is pulling the strings. He has seven goals this season. Yeah, um, pen- that's as penalties. many as Ronaldo. Penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think no, but uh, like, no, was, not just the goals, but the entertainment. Because yeah, we're for referring sure. to who's who's good, who's nice to watch. Yeah, Rafinha you- is very entertaining. You know what I actually really like about Rafinha is, is the timing of what he actually does. Um, they, they, there was a chance last week. Uh, I don't know who they were playing last week. They were playing a big team. Uh, I've just forgotten. But they, he, he took on the ball. Um, it was off a break. And Arsenal. 
they were, they were playing Arsenal, right? Okay, good. So he took he he took the ball. They were off a break. They were off on a break. Um, and he needed to decide when to actually start cutting in and shoot. And the timing was just perfect. Like all the time, we see players mess that up. Whether they go too far, they go too far um 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 to the byline or, or too close to the byline, or they cut way too early and they close up the chance. Um, and he just like timed it to perfection. And um, yeah. That those are those are the like marks of like a really skillful player. So yeah, Rafinha is also a proper shout and Sam Maximan as well. But yeah, anyway, I am going to move on with this list. Um, the next player that the next award that I have is the most heartbreaking player, and I don't know. I think this is maybe slightly. Um, it's it hasn't been translated properly, right? Because in Chijewa, this is player Obudigesantima. Right, and that sounds a lot more deep. <laughs> and what and what I mean is basically like someone that you just can't rely on. Like like Brad, he's gonna break he's gonna break your heart for sure. Like you you really can't trust him to score. And you know it's no surprise who I'm going to choose here. It's Timo Werner. I've kept him the whole year. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> I haven't given him a moment to rest. I've kept him the whole year. He has missed a lot of a lot of chances. Uh, he's slightly lucky that Chelsea still won the Champions League and maybe you can argue that he hasn't missed uh, game-changing chances, if you know what I mean. Like, he hasn't missed, like, like 90-minute winners or something like that. It, it's been very much like if he scores, he helps the team. If he doesn't, the team will still be fine. So he's lucky uh, um, with that. But otherwise, no, he's had, he's had like, a, a, a proper time, like, missing chances. Um, the other player that I have here is obviously Morata, uh, just because of the Euro. Because he's he again, he's another player who's just like that. Uh, you just can't rely on him. Good players, players that really should be getting a lot more goals, players that somehow get chances and get favor from every manager they play with, but continually miss chances, bro. Uh, so yeah, I've got I've got Werner and I've got Morata. So Vanny, what do you think? I know you also don't like Werner. <laughs> Werner, Werner, you know the problem with Werner, mm. he 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 does have good games. He does play well. That's he true. Just won't score. Es- especially, he just won't score. especially recently, I think. Um, and I think he's better in this role where he's not like the central player. Uh, not central in terms of positioning on the pitch, but central in terms of uh, like focus and and maybe goal threat. When he isn't that player, then he does actually play quite well. Uh, but I think when the weight is all on him, eh, yo, <laughs> it really doesn't work out up front. So yeah, I agree with you. And as an Arsenal fan, you can understand why I would tell you Aubameyang has been very disappointed. Has been Wakara Wupiesa and Tima. Last week, you, you went, you spoke about him in depth and his captaincy. And you guys didn't mention that he was actually the only striker that's a captain in the whole Premier League. Just him. He was the only one. There's no other forward that's a captain in the whole Premier League. Now there's no forward that's a captain at all, with Aubameyang being stripped. But yeah, no, he's another one who's been very disappointing. Yeah. Nick, Nick, do you have anything on that, or should I just move on to the next awards? No, I think um, I, I would agree with the Murata one in particular. Of course, Vernus is pointing, but like... <sighs> You know, people like Murata, right? Like, it's so predictable <laughs> what he's going to do. It's so predictable. It's really predictable what he's going to do. He is going to have a horrible game. But then somehow he will score the chance that you completely did not 
expect him to score. Right, that's he'll so score the true. One which, but he'll <laughs> score the one, he'll score the one, you know, like literally, yeah, he'll score the one that you don't expect him to score, but the one which you needed him to score. He then he scores yeah. for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't forget, I don't forget, I guess Italy at the Euros, he decides to score like what? Like it was a nice one-two with whichever midfielder was. Beautiful finish, left foot, you know, Spanish archer. Everybody's all happy. But then if you're going to, you know, trust him two yards out or maybe like a one-on-one through the keeper. Like when I see him like one-on-one, you know, on the keeper, like in one of those like, like okay-ish angles, but then it just looks like he's going to miss. But then he'll, you know, he'll finish it in the more like, you know, complicated ways. So it's just, it's just more annoying for me. At least Werner does, you know, like, you know, Werner, yeah, he does miss his, you know, law as well. But I think for Marata, it's, it's because he's been doing this for such a long time as well. In comparison yeah. to Werner, who before he went to Chelsea, he was he was he was good value. So yeah, I'd have to go with Morata. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, let me let me just quickly move on so that this doesn't become too long. Um, my next award is the you don't know who I am, but you will soon award, right? And uh, I've so I don't want to make a golden boy award uh, because there are some players who are above twenty four who still have time to become stars, right? And for this award, I have Ibrahim Sangari. Again, I haven't watched him much. He plays in Eredivisie. Um, he plays for PSV. So I have like no chance of watching him, basically. I did see him um, for the Ivory Coast game against Ghana. I think he, I think he scored or got an assist or something like that. Um, and I did, and I have seen a couple of like highlights of him. And he's a really good player. Highlights are extremely misleading. I remember watching Mohamed Oneni on a highlights package, and I thought he was going to be like the next big defensive midfielder in the Premier League, and I was very wrong. Uh, so I could be wrong about this, but from what I see, Ibrahim Sangari has like Rodri characteristics, right? So he's lean, above six feet, I think like six, six three or six four or something like that. He's very tall. Um, he's lean, and he like wins the ball all the time, right? He's not very fast. Uh, but, you know, which player defensive midfield is. And I think it's more important to be like robust and just intelligent in how you move. Uh, he'll never lose the ball. He'll win every area ball. And he's just really good on the ball as well. Um, so Ibrahim Sangari, and he will play in the AFCON as well. Um, I'll, so I'll talk about him again, probably like in ne- next week or in the next two weeks. But I think he's going to be the player that you're going to want to know in a couple of seasons, either next season or a couple of seasons. He's like, he's like how I view Victor Osman. Um, I view them like the same. So, yeah, that's, that's my guy. I don't know if you guys have any, any like under the radar players that kind of impress you. Yes, Nicholas, let's start with you. No, there's not too many at the moment as far as uh, I've been focused on because a lot of the players, which we know as Wonder Kids, are kind of like established somewhat. You're thinking about Jamal Musiala, Jude Bellingham. It's like they're like basically already in the first team and they look like starters kind of. But then there is one person which, you know, he is is starting for his team. But I think for me, it's like, you know, Ronson, you probably like this. Probably the, you know, a rebirth of the number 10 position. Florian Verts. you know, I did actually catch a few Bundesliga matches in particular for, uh, you know, the team that he plays for. And, um, and I'm just looking at him, you know, you know, technical players and, you know, how it's, it's been dying out a bit in number 10 position, but I feel like he could be the next big thing if uh, if he continues to grow in the same vein as the likes of Mezzadozo used to do um, back in the day. So I'm just keeping an eye on him, really. Not, not many people else. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's probably going to be better than 
uh, sorry, sorry, so I mean, let, let me just let me just get this off. I think Vers is probably going to be better than players like Ozil because he's you know he's got Bruno Fernandez characteristics. So a number ten who really does work hard. Um, and Leverkusen have, I think, the potential to. I don't know. Have a really good squad. I just, I don't know. I don't know. You, you know what what's happening with them, but you never know what's happening in the in the Bundesliga. I saw Borussia Mönchengladbach is like so close to the relegation zone now, um, and then you consider that they played Champions League last season. So, yeah, Bundesliga is kind of weird like that. But Florian Vers, I do agree with you, is a good number ten. So yeah, let's check him out. So so do you have? I've I've got um French midfielder number eight. What's his name? Chuomeni or something? What's that guy's name? What's his, what's that kid's name? Who are you talking about? Kamavinga. Uh, not Kamavinga. No, Kamavinga obviously is one, but I think you already know him. But there's the other guy. He he wears number eight for France. He plays for Monaco. Uh, oh, I actually don't know who this is. Chuomeni, I think, if that's how you say his name. Okay. Nick, are you familiar with him? No, no, I've, I've heard of him. I don't know how to say his name, unfortunately. It looks a bit yeah, difficult I, I to think pronounce because we've only read it. I haven't actually heard it, but yeah, I have seen it. Um, yeah, Chomeni, um, yeah, he was playing for France, and yeah, he does look like he's the future. I think, watch the space. He's 21 years old, he's playing for Monaco, and he's making the French squad as well. Um, one for the future, definitely. Okay, anyway, yeah. So that's lit. Um, so let me get to my next awards. Um, so I've, I've then got my most aggressive player award, right? And I've given this to Antonio Rudiger, right? Now I say this in the best possible way. Rudiger is nicely aggressive. He's not aggressive to injure players, but he's aggressive in, in, in the sense that I wouldn't want to play with Rudiger. I wouldn't want to get too close to him. Uh, he looks like he's gonna hurt you, but he just never hurts you. Like he's he's a very clean tackler, right? But he just always looks like he actually can hurt you. Um, and yeah, so he's so he's my most aggressive player. I I don't think I've seen maybe I haven't watched football that long, but I haven't seen um, defenders quite like Rudiger in a minute. Um, and yeah, I was very confident as well. So so I mean this in the nicest possible way, but yeah, extremely aggressive. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll let you know now that, yeah, Rudiger is a very good option at the moment. And, you know, it kind of, like, shows maturity in football. When you're a kid, you probably look at players like uh, Antonio Rudiger, maybe Serge Ramos um, in the past, thinking that they're just nothing but um, a bunch of dirty players. But then, you know, you need you need that sort of, like, character inside a team. If you want to, yeah, like, for sure. Some success. But then, yeah, but then as far as aggression is concerned, you know, like, funny enough, I'm still going, like, you know, with um, – with old gold, and that's Pepe, <laughs> mostly because um at, at the Euros he kind of reminded everybody like who he is, uh sort of with uh you know the 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 dark arts um and also you know the fact that he like he's always like he's always so angry especially like you know particularly with challenges in fifty fifties and kind of doing the stuff that he used to do at Madrid in the late two thousands and I was also watching a couple of uh, Porto games and you know he's still you know he's still like <laughs> he's still that guy like. Even at this age, I'm still seeing, you know, the same stuff which I used to see from, I used to hate him, to be fair, but um, Pepe or Pep, however you want to, like, uh, pronounce his name these days, I think he's, you know, he's still up there as far as, like, you know, doesn't really get more aggressive than him. 
but uh, there's there's plenty of other players out there. Yeah, for sure. I think the clean the clean center back has become a popular thing. All the center backs now they want to be they want to be like Ben White and they just want to be like you know. I knew, the, I knew I knew you're gonna ball. mention. I knew oh, you're gonna mention and, and Ben White. Not, I, I knew, I knew it. He's he's actually not Ben White anymore. He's Benjamin White. I keep asking you guys this, and you never give me an answer. He's Benjamin White, so I can't say Ben White because I saw Benjamin White on the uh, on the lineup thing. But yeah, all the all the centre backs now want to be like ball playing and take their time. No, the centre backs that we like like hurt people. Those are the centre backs that we like. Those Gabriel. Those centre backs that we need. <laughs> this is why they complement each other well. Him and Ben White. Gabriel is that aggressive fighter, yeah, warrior type of defender. Aggressive. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me get to my next award. Um. So I then have uh, the most elegant player, right? So to nicely balance out the aggressive player, and I've got Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa. Um, I didn't mention that I started watching Serie A and uh, Angisa plays for Napoli now. He's, I think he's on loan um, from Fulham. And I did see him last year as well. And he was like really good for Fulham as well. Yeah, lots of players could have been in here. You could have had Jorginho. I was avoiding having too many Chelsea players on this list, but I could have had like a couple. Um, but yeah, you could have had Jorginho in here. You could have had Thiago Silva. You could have had Verratti. Um, you could have still had Busquets probably, even though he's he's actually not playing that well, but he is still like you know elegant. Um, but I went for Angisa for the reasons, for the same reasons as all these other guys. His pass accuracy will always be like over ninety five percent. Um, he'll never lose the ball. He's got Musa Dembele sort of qualities if you watch more Premier League, um, where he does have that, um, what beating the press sort of style about him but in a less aggressive way as Dembele. Dembele would do that and maybe run for another like 20, 30 yards. And I think that's what finished his career. Um, Angisa does that and then does lay off a pass and, and moves on with the game. Um, I think he's another really good player and he will play um, in AFCON as well. So um, yeah, please do check him out. What do, what do you guys think? Elegant players are, you know, really hard to find these days. <laughs> but no, um, I have a no-brainer, and that's and that's Bernardo Silva for me, right? Like this season, he's been he's been unbelievable, especially you know considering the fact that you know Pep Pep is a manager which they expect to rotate quite a lot, but then he's such a mainstay in that City team. And every time I watch him play inside that midfield three, or maybe he's on the wing, like I just I just can't believe it. Sometimes it's like um. You know, some people might not really thank me for this, but you know, people always talk about Salah being like the closest thing to uh, uh, to Messi. But then, you know, Bernardo Silva. Whenever I see him on the ball, I just I just absolutely enjoy it. Like him dribbling, like you know, maybe like past like three or four players. Him never losing the ball, always laying it off nicely, picking the right pass, and you know, like he's supposed to be predisposed as a right midfielder. But the fact that he's able to pick up the ball and so many different areas uh, and, you know, take the pressure off his team. And, you know, it was, it was mostly pronounced in um, the game that City had against PSG. And I'm just thinking that, you know, yeah, that's, you know, that's there's such a, such, such a good player in there. As in like, you know, it's, there's nothing quite like having a player with that level of talent, but also works hard. I mean, that, that just means that you can get into any team. Like literally that's like the formula to get into any team in world football and you won't be out of place. Unless you go out of form, of course. But yeah, for me, definitely him. 
Mine is very simple. The most elegant player is the one who who plays with a smile on his face, and his name is Ngolo Kante. <laughs> simple. Nah, he's a simple. Agree. He's a simple character. Why do you not agree? Simple character works hard, always looks calm, very composed player, does the basics right. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, actually, right. Actually, I actually can't. You know, you can never hit on Kante. I don't think that's actually allowed. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you. Okay, yeah. Let me just get through the last um couple ones and then we move on to something else. Um. I then have most reliable player, um, and this is just—it was really obvious. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I hardly talk about Ronaldo on this podcast, right? But I've—I've I've not become a fan, but I have become someone who understands why you know people do thirst over him. Uh, Ronaldo really does score when you need him to score. He's the exact opposite of Werner and Morata and and, and friends. Uh, he'll hardly ever let you down. Um, and then that's just on top of him being 36 and having the career that he's had. So we're not going to get into that. Um, the most memorable game in terms of, you know, reliability, as far as reliability goes uh, for me, is the Atletico Madrid game that he had uh, a few years ago. I think they were 2-2. Uh, or they 2-0, 3-0 down or something like that. And no, no, they were 3-0 down and the tie was over. The Champions League tie was over and um, he scores a hat-trick. He scores two headers. Uh, one of the headers was in between uh, Jimenez and uh, Jimenez and Godin. And the other one and the other one was just a proper header and then the third was a penalty. And for me, it's just like, yo, how clutch can you be uh, when a team really does need you and then you show up? Yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo will forever have my respect, at least um, as far as that goes. No, I I totally agree with that. Definitely, um, just it just doesn't get better than Ronaldo as far as um, reliability is concerned. But uh, you know, I just give like an alternative name just. Uh, to put it out there, I think particularly this season, I'd have to say Diogo Jota, particularly, you know, yes. because, of, yes. yeah, for Liverpool. Um, ever since he got signed for that club, whenever he's played, I can't really recall him having a particularly bad game. And he's been scoring in, uh, in a team which already has people that, you know, you could say are selfish enough to, like, want to you know, score most of the goals. But yeah, he's still scoring inside a team like that. And has provided like an alternative to Firmino. Whenever he's coming off the bench, he's reliable. You can like you can tell that you know Klopp trusts him so much. Comes off the bench, scores. I think we even I don't know whether you watched the Carabao Cup fixture um, just in midweek. I think Liverpool were like three one down, and then Jota comes on and basically changes the game. You know, caught them back into it. You know, as well. Mm-hmm. I think you know like if if, if we're gonna take like recency bias into it, then Jota has to be like one of the most reliable players in the league at the moment. But then there's also utility players whereby like you feel like that, that guy can do a job for you if you just simply play him in the team. You're talking about your James Milners. You're talking about like maybe maybe your Mark Nobles and you know those type of players whereby like like you trust them. You put them into eleven and into the eleven and you don't have any worries. Mark Noble is what Nick. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm not talking <laughs> about maybe maybe not Noble. That's why I said maybe not like right now. But I'm talking about like mostly those players whereby like John, John, you know John. that you can put. 
Yeah, John Joe Show. I'm talking about those type of players. You can put the, you can put them in there. You can put them in there, and yeah, like you don't really have like you know that they'll do the job for you. Did you guys see? Time. Did you guys see that goal that Shelby scored? I'm telling you, Shelby can make any eleven. Any eleven in Europe, he can make it. John Joe Shelby is my guy. He'll forever be my guy. Is isn't he still 27 or 28? Still, I, still kind of young. Is is he twenty? Yo, John Joseph has been playing forever, man. <laughs> but he can make any eleven, and he scored a really nice goal over the over the weekend. So yeah, um, nah. Thanks for that. Um, let me get. Let me just get to my last uh, what two or three awards, and my next one is the worst fashion sense award, right? And now I consider that these guys have so much money, right? I know that some of the things that they do are maybe for attention and branding, but uh, the way that some of these players dress, right? It's just, it's just not enough, right? Now I will preface this by saying I don't have the best fashion sense either. Most of the time I'm in sweats and um, I don't know, PE shoes or something like that. Uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of my style. Um, but I think Aubameyang has terrible fashion sense. Have you seen like even his, <laughs> yo, even even his cars, bruh? Like like he'll Obama will have like a, a Lamborghini and then he'll put like a, a a purple, um a purple what a purple wrap on top of it, and he will be like driving around like that. And I don't know, bruh. I, I I don't I don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. I, I don't get I'm it. Not no, I, I am not a hater. If it was anyone else, Reese James also has pretty bad fashion sense. I don't I'll never understand like why, <laughs> why Reese James. Wear. Yes, he does. I, I'll <laughs> like yo, you know what? Anyone who wears like excessive Dior or excessive chrome hearts or excessive um I don't know Gucci or anything like that. Yeah, that's pretty bad fashion sense. That's kind of saying um, you know, I've got money so I can actually afford this, but um to actually dress well, I don't know if I can actually do that. So yeah, no, Obama and Reese James, nah, nah, you guys can do a lot better. <laughs> I think I think there's worse than them, to be fair. I mean, like, I think there's worse. There's got, no, there's no, got there's... to be, there's got to be, but you know, Obama no, no, no. definitely comes to mind like first. I can even I can even drop you a name. Like I don't know whether you've seen Dominic Calvert Lewin or Hector Bellerin. Nah, like, but, honestly, like, but, but Hector Bellerin, the thing is, Hector no, no, Bellerin no. is on his Hector, model thing, isn't it? So, so I, no, I'll, no, he I'll, is ex- on a, no. I'll excuse people who do that. I know he may be on his model thing, but then I'm looking, I'm looking at the stuff there, and I'm just thinking to myself, who's gonna wear this? Like, of course, <laughs> maybe like the most high, the most high status people will probably wear, it, but if you're talking about like the the average person, I'm just thinking to myself, that no. <laughs> yeah. I just look at, it, I just think it's really bad. I think a bombing actually wears things which other people that I know in and around me would actually wear. But then those people which actually have those modeling contracts, I'm afraid not. <laughs> That's my take on that. Nah, your friends who would wear what Aubameyang wears, get better friends, please. No, no one needs to be dressing like that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go now to the last award. I did actually have a couple more, but the, the, the last couple ones weren't very concise, so I'm not going to discuss them. I think there's no point. Uh, and then some of them were really obvious. So like my most entertaining club was, was Liverpool, um, you know, because it's Liverpool, they press the best, they score the most, 
um, you know, it's Liverpool. Um, and my most boring top side was Juventus because I think that they play absolutely dismal football. Every time I watch them play, I feel like falling asleep. Uh, they either miss a lot of chances, they play a really boring 4-4-2. Um, not impressed, not impressed, not impressed. I, I, I don't know. They are through to the round of 16, I think. Are they? Nicholas, just confirm with me. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are through. <laughs> yes, they are through to the round of sixteen. But you know, there was a real chance that they might not be. So, um, yeah, uh, that's a boring side to watch for me. Um, but yeah, my final award is the best podcast award. That's not the box to box because I would have just I would have just put our podcast because I think our podcast has been the best. And uh, uh, Nicholas showed me that Twitter thing or the the, the Twitter Malawi voting thing. So if you haven't voted, please go vote for us. Um, yeah, so that more people can start to listen to our podcast. Uh, but the best podcast for me, that's not the box to box, is actually um, the Peter Crouch podcast. And what's like so nice about this podcast, um, um, and I would actually implore any of you to watch, to like listen to this, right? Um, is he explains like football as a player and like the life of a footballer basically. And he does actually do interviews. I've seen that he, he did an interview with Patrick Bamford early in the year and um, you know, things like that. And the episode that I listened to, um, it was, he was talking about hotels and hotel culture, I guess, uh, when you're a football player. And he explains how uh, Fabio Capello would like ban things like uh, ketchup and he would ban things like butter, which I, I, I also don't, I don't understand, but um, you know, stuff. And he would kind of just explain how those sort of things would affect the dressing room. Like if you're used to eating like ketchup, like, like scrambled eggs with ketchup, and then now all of a sudden you can't, uh, I don't know if it's going to affect your performance, but it might affect your morale you get. Um, and, and then things like that would usually change depending on how results go. So if England, for example, is performing well uh, in the tournament, then maybe things like that persist. But if they're not performing well and, you know, the morale is low, then maybe they bring catch up back and things like that. So I think it was an, it is a pretty interesting podcast. Um, <clears throat> he talked about um, Wi-Fi as well and uh, the things that you can do on Wi-Fi uh, in a hotel. And, you know, for those of you who you know, you know, you know who you are. <laughs> those, those, those are things that you might want to uh, listen to. I just think it was very funny. And um, yeah, podcast should be fun. So um, the Peter Crush podcast, very nice one to listen to um, alongside the Box to Box podcast, of course. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you guys listen to anything um, that's, I don't know, interesting? No, I think... Um... <clears throat> Yeah, there's this lot of podcasts out there. T4 podcast, uh, uh, Sky Sports, but I think the Athletic Football podcast is the one that I listen to the most because, well, they have, like, the most insight and probably, like, have the most journalists in around just to find out stuff. But maybe outside of podcasts, I'll just mention uh, maybe some YouTube. Ben Foster, I don't know whether you heard about the Cycling GK, his YouTube channel. It's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, it's, that's it's cool pretty, as well. Yeah, it's pretty good because he's going to the grounds. He's putting the camera behind his goalpost. You're hearing all his shouts. And he has, like, all these interviews with people. And then he also tells you about, like, you know, stuff that happens, like, in the life of football as well. And it really teaches you a lot. So I just mentioned the cycling GK. Savani, do you have anything? Nah, not really. Oh, yeah, so you... Of podcast. So you just listen to the I used to listen to... 
Yeah, I also used to listen to DT, but DT's gone quiet because I actually like what DT has to say from AFTV. Uh-huh. But he doesn't upload anymore. But like, he's one guy I enjoy listening to. Listening to. Yes. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see whether me mentioning all these other podcasts and YouTube channels uh, was a mistake uh, because we're kind of we're kind of talking about our competition now. But hey, you see, I'm I'm for the people. I want the people to um, take in good content wherever they go. Um, but yeah, so those have been my awards. Um, I think this is a pretty good place to stop. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but um, this has been an interesting year for me. Uh, like I said, we did start this podcast um, this year. So, and I think this is the last episode of the year. And then, you know, next time we talk, we're going to be talking about Afghan. And, uh, but I, I do think it was very nice. So thank you for listening. Uh, for continuing to listen uh if you if this is your first episode welcome um i don't think this is stopping like anytime soon and um yeah i've really enjoyed working with you too as well um yeah i don't know if that's weird to say because we're not actually stopping. we're not actually stopping but <laughs> but 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 it's been a fun year that's what i'm trying to say so um yeah if you guys have anything else to say um now is the time to say it but otherwise this is the end of the podcast It does not look like it. So yeah, anyway, (laughs) thank you for listening, guys. uh, And we'll see you in uh, two weeks.